We have this burger that we light on fire. So it's the Wagyu patties that we do with, uh, mm -hmm. with our cheese sauce that we make. And then I call it the most infamous, most hated burger in the world because that thing gets shit on. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's, and by Heaven Hill Brands. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Got a great guest for you today. We are going to L.A. County to Lock and Key Social. Very popular spot. They've got more close to 300 bourbons on on hand. Uh, but really, it's, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to get to taste with someone who's a fellow taster and that is our boy mark shelton the chief officer of awesome so he is our guest today and we basically rummage through his bar and my office to pick out a will at pot still for rose's single barrel and elijah craig he had the 18 year i had a barrel proof uh, private barrel that is, and then a regular Blanton's and a Stag Junior. We taste those five and choose a champion. Who will it be? Well, you're going to have to wait and find out. Now, make sure that you all are coming to see me at Bourbon and Beyond. I also have uh, an event called uh, Art of Bourbon coming up with uh, the Speed Art Museum where we are raising money for uh, the art community. So go check those things out. Make sure uh, you come up and say hi if you see me out in the crowd. I like it when people do that. And that's going to do it. Let's get to it. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink response. A stamp of authenticity, a commitment to quality, and a guarantee of transparency. On March 3, 1897, the Bottled and Bond Act was signed into law and an important part of whiskey-making history was born. Now, 125 years later, it's a tradition that Heaven Hill Distillery is proud to preserve. From simple pleasures like Evan Williams Bottled and Bond and Mellow Corn to more rare finds like Old Fitzgerald Bottled and Bond, and Henry McKenna Single Barrel. Learn why Heaven Hill Distillery is the number one producer of Bottled and Bonds. Explore the history and requirements at bottledandbond.heavenhilldistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single-barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, 
to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, and get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life, martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guest experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Divine Show. Hoo-yah. And joining the Fred Minnick Show, Mark Shelton, the chief of awesome at the Lock and Key Social and uh, Drink Eat Social. So, Lock and Key, like, so there's this whole series on uh, Netflix called Lock and Key. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, you all might have magical keys, like, laying around the, the bar and taking, you know. We, to, you know. Yeah, we, did, we didn't go that route, you know, uh, too <laughs> much. Um, so, it, it had, the name actually came from my grandfather. Um, so he was in Utah and they used to have, um, like liquor lockers he said they would hold it in the back and lock and keep, like, keep it in lock and key. And I was like, oh, I, I really like that name. And that was during like the beginning part of, uh, 20, 2012, 20, you know, 2011, mm-hmm. um, when that prohibition style craft cocktailing was coming out. So, um, I yeah, jumped on a, that. That's a sexy name. So I like it. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> now, tell me about the Chief Officer of Awesome. How did that come about? You know, it was one of those things of you hear the CEO and you hear those things, and I got kind of tired of just hearing all that and, and wanted to come up with my own thing. So I'm kind of like one of those jack-of-all-trades, masters of none type person. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's about kind of creating a sense of awesomeness and hype and and uh, fun instead of just being like the guy who tells people what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, you all survived COVID. So I have to say, I applaud you for that, you know, being in the restaurant business and surviving what has really been a hell for the last two years for, uh, for restaurants. But uh, you guys, you guys have made it. Yeah. I mean, it barely, you know, it's still trying to still come back. We're still down to where we were. 
mean, we were located in LA County, so they shut us down a lot. We had to do outdoor dining. The thing that saved us was having outdoor dining, going to uh, takeout, especially when we do, you know, dry aged steaks and, mm-hmm. and uh, have like a meat program here and then craft cocktails too as well. It, it, it's hard to deliver that experience home, which is sitting in the car for like 15 to 20 minutes. Sometimes we'd have people down and they're driving uh, for an hour here just to kind of get some, some food and some drinks. Um, and and let's, let's, having- let's be honest. Let's be honest too, Mark. You know, y'all specialty are tomahawk steaks that are the size of my desk. I don't know how <laughs> that fits in a to-go bag, you know? Uh, you know, so we have, uh, Chris, can you grab me a box? Can you grab me a box? So we had these th- these boxes made personally um, for us. Uh, that's it. We call it the Tama box. And when we go and deliver a takeout, or if you have this here, or you want to take it home to your dog, um, we throw that out. It's kind of like a half of a pizza box, and it's all printed up, and we send that out. Uh, and that was the only way for us to do it. They, you're right. It's it's massive. It, and would, would you, when you do like a to-go order of this, will you like, uh, like half cook it and tell them to finish it off or do you go cook at it all that away? time? It was yeah, at that time. It was one of those things of trying to figure out what they wanted to do. So I was fielding every single question. Um, mm-hmm. so this is the box. So you can see the box is massive too. Oh, wow. So for those who are just listening and not watching this, think of this as like, uh, like, like an old school keyboard. It's about the size of a, of a keyboard. Yeah, box I mean, that you get. Yeah, it's big. It's the size it's, of your. It's the size of a human torso. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, we put the 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 size of the tomahawk. It's right here. You can see it. Yeah. Like the size of the bone and everything right here. Everything's backwards on me when I'm looking at it. But uh, yeah, so we got these made. We still want to create the experience. You know, it says play with your meat because we're we're one of the first ones. I mean, that we're, I mean, that's a tagline that. Uh, well, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> live forever. <laughs> it lives in infamy and lives forever. You know? uh, but that was part of the whole thing with that awesomeness thing, too, is about we take everything serious here except for ourselves. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I found out being in this industry is that the pretentiousness and the experience can get cut away by having, you know, the wrong person say the wrong thing to the guests at the wrong time. That's that's the truth. Look, I, I wrote a I wrote a steak book. Uh, I, I talked to you about this uh, on the phone yesterday, but I wrote a steak book for Certified Angus Beef, and for a year I went around the the country, going to all of these uh, you know grocery chains that would sell their stuff and go to uh, fine dining, and you know from white tablecloth to like a hole in the wall doing burgers and like smash burger. This is when smash burger was kind of just starting to, yeah, to become popular. It's going to all these different places. And I found that I found that my best experience was always where the, uh, the service was just off the charts, but it wasn't like fancy, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I've been to, I- been to all those spots too, kind of checked it all out. The, the Peter Luger's of the weird world and the, you know, Ruth Chris and all those, mm-hmm. all, all those places that they have. And I remember being the, and the reason why I kind of do this too, as well as I had, I was in college, I was interning at a couple of skate clothing companies and, um, as, and as a freelance graphic artist for, for them too, as well. And, you know, I was making money. I was 21 years old. You know, and I had a hoodie 
and I had my hat, baseball hat, and I'd go uh, sit down at the table, and they'd tell me I couldn't sit sit there because I had a hat on, and um, I ended up going up to the bar top, and being at the bar top, you have a completely total different experience. You know, it never feels where the bartender is interrupting a conversation. Also, too, when the servers come up, um, you never have the manager coming up and asking you at a very weird time, like, hey, is everything okay? Yeah, you're like, oh, no, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's why, that's why, I, so I, we started this by putting this all together and I was the person that wanted to be able to be approachable but never have to go up to the table and interrupt because it's your experience. Like, I feel honored that people come here and, and celebrate items and ce- celebrate, uh, you know, graduations, anniversaries, you know, uh, divorces, <laughs> you know, those things. Uh, and they come here. And I want them to be comfortable. I don't ever want to have to approach the table. So I normally, when I'm here, I'm behind the bar talking to guests. That's awesome. Now you've you've done some uh, you've done some crazy stuff on social media over the years. Um, you know, you've gotten like you've gotten a really healthy following for for y'all's personality and showing your meat, if you will. So yeah. give me give me like a top five favorite social social media posts over the years uh from us from us specifically or? yeah you specifically or or lock and key you know i'm just trying to i'm trying to think of like you know you're, you're very fun on instagram you know and i'm like yeah we, we, we what's we a try top to five because, here yeah because a, a lot of what i was talking to you about earlier was that that kind of that pretentiousness and um uh, where they kind of take it to a level where uh, you you don't want to feel like you're better than anybody else. And that's one of the biggest things that, that I find when I go to kind of high end places, but they do feel like sometimes they talk down to you. Um, but I think the, one of the very first viral posts that we had was in 20, it was the beginning of 2017 where I took the Tomahawk, um, and we did a relay race with it, uh, where we're running around. And I think I jumped over the thing that had like 150,000 views. And before that, I was already doing like cocktails on Instagram when video wasn't a thing. It was mostly just pictures. Um, then we ended up getting one where we showed to how fun it is just to pick the meat up and eat it and take a bite out of it and enjoy it, you know, um, and enjoy the total experience. And that one got about a hundred, about a hundred million views total um, across wow. platforms. So we had 80 million on Facebook at that time. Um, and, uh, we did it, we kind of partnered up collab with insider foods and then I wasn't tagged in that <laughs> video. So luckily, luckily, uh, it did say lock and key social drinkery and, and kind of the verbiage on the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. so people did find us and that kind of transformed everything. And now you see a Tomahawk on every single, you know, almost every single restaurant and the way that we you know, change ourselves up compared to other people or other establishments is, you know, we're not, we're not pretentious. We're not, you know, we're not bugging you at the table. It's your experience. We don't cut the meat up for you. I think that's like, I don't want to treat anybody like a three-year-old at the table. So we allow them to cut it. If they wanted to cut it in the back, we'll cut it in the back. Um, But that, that one really took off. So that's probably, that's our number one. Um, we've done the, we've done, we have this burger that we light on fire. So it's the a Wagyu beef patties that we do with, uh, mm-hmm. with our cheese sauce that we make. And then it's a Bill Borderly sauce that we light on fire. 
I call it the most infamous, most hated burger in the world because that thing gets shit on <laughs> on social by people saying that it's not a burger, it's it's soggy, which is not it, it's not soggy at all because um, we do it right. I mean, that just putting that burger together took about. I'd say almost about six months to figure out all the flavors to work together and to have that Instagramming social experience that really mm -hmm. worked well. Cause there's other places that just throw foods together and light them on fire with Everclear or, you know, and me having my mixologist, even though I hate that term background, um, we really looked, I worked with my, my guys in the kitchen to figure out what would be the best tasting way or version to light this on fire. And you don't taste any alcohol in it at all. It all, it all burns off for the most part. But it's a real fun type burger. And that, that one on TikTok in 2019, I, I got like 2.7 million views on that one. Um, and then probably about 500,000 or so uh, on, a, on Instagram and Facebook also too. So Very nice. Yeah, th those are pretty fun. Um, we recently did the one, the Tomahawk Challenge. Instead of the uh, tortilla challenge, we did that. I got about 200,000 views. Um, we, we try to stay on top of trends uh, so we can show that we're, we don't take ourselves serious. You know, we want to have fun. Um, and it's just, it, it, it's been a fun adventure to get into that point. Going into COVID, it kind of knocked it down. I had to like be like an almost infomercial type person, which I didn't really like. Um, mm. It wasn't really me. Uh, I try to connect with, I mean, I even cried on social. One of the things when we had to break down and talk about like us like slowing down and maybe having to shut down. Um, but I try to try to be who I am all the time. Um, I don't try to change. So if you talk to me, you're going to see, I do, I do cuss a lot. <laughs> um, and, and I, I don't take myself too serious with everything and, and I don't get overly upset with the comments either too. I mean, yeah. Cause the comments, the comment, the comments can come. And if you, uh, you know, take them personally, they can derail your day pretty quickly. Yeah. The ones where I really stick to it is on, I used to do it on Yelp when anybody would try to, like, I guess docs would be the term where they start saying the server's names or these other things and try mm -hmm. to do, try to hurt somebody, which I don't like. Um, then I'll stand up for my staff and, and you know, accordingly if, if they, they were right or they're wrong. But you know, when we were talking, Previously, I told you, like, I like to call myself like the dumbest person on the planet because I want to know more. And I'm not going to tell you, if I don't know something, I'm not going to say that I know, know anything about it. You know, it'll be a journey. Like, well, let's find out. So if anybody does talk about something on the back bar, let's say we get, you know, a new whiskey in or we get a, a weird rum or anything and I don't know much about it, I'll bring the bottle out, sit in front of them, let them touch it, grab it, look at it, read it, you know, all Google stuff right in front of them. Um, to create that experience too. Well, you mentioned the bar and you are a bartender. Um, you know, so we wanted to play this game of like, you grab it from your bar and I'll see if I have it in my office and we'll taste together. So okay. let, let's go ahead and start. Let's grab a, let's grab a, grab a, you know, obviously I, my American whiskey world's bigger than everything else. So right. let's go, let's go with an American whiskey. Just Grab any American whiskey that you see that you want to taste. And, Across uh, the board, or are we just doing whiskey? Is it like a bourbon and rye or any of that? Uh, I could bourbon would be stronger, but like uh, you know, anything would be probably be fine. Okay, so grab something. Yeah. Uh, let's He's... go. 
He's you you know what started in. me? What started me on this whole thing? I don't know if you'll have it, but it's uh, we got our own personal barrel of this, and I'm going to get shit on from a lot of people probably. But Bernheim. Oh, you have some. Uh, you have a Bernheim pick. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Bernheim pick. Uh, yeah, I've got Bernheim in here. Uh, so that's a seven year. So you let your week is a seven year. Yeah, correct. All right. So this I was. Did, uh, I just did a bunch of tasting. So my office is a. It's always a mess, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but today it's a special mess. Um, in fact, I'm going to go ahead. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to pull up. You're going to help me. Like uh, We're going to look for this together. I'm going to pull up my camera where you can come with me and look. Hang on, let's see if I can find it here. There we go. Got it. Boom. And I'm going to add it. So I'm going to be looking. I'm going to take my headphones off and just kind of keep talking uh, and okay. looking for this here. Yeah, this was one of the first like fun things that we had. So uh, we were able to get an exclusive barrel um, picket. So this is uh, barrel number 51998088Y Rickhouse, fifth floor. Um, when I pick barrels, normally uh, I like to go with the higher uh, – from the higher floors, I feel like that has a more of a concentration where flavor it, into where it. Where is it? Where is it? So that that that's what we're trying to pick. You know, I'm gonna go grab a glass real quick. Boom. All right, so. Well, I've already struck out here. I can't find it. I've dropped it. So then I'll, let's see what, what else. What do you want to do, like uh, Blanton's? So I, I've, um, we are we are going, to, I'm going to look, see if I can, I'm going to add, um, let's see if I can add. I'm going to add that microphone as well. All right, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to go back in. What else do you got? So what else are you pulling out? Uh, Blanton's uh, Special Reserve Green Label. Oh, so you're going to do that? I don't have – I know I don't have that, but I have regular Blanton. So you pull – so you have the – you have Bernheim, Blanton's. What else? And I think your uh, microphone is turned on, so you're getting a feedback. Am I getting a feedback? All right. There we go. How's yeah, that? Echo. Better. Yeah. Let's see. What about – Eagle Rare. Uh, I have Eagle Rare in here somewhere. That'll work. I have Eagle Rare. Mm -hmm. um, what about Elijah Craig 18? Uh, I don't have that in here. That's at the house. But I have Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. That'll work. Gonna do that. Uh, let's see. Do you have four roses? <laughs> I have lots of four roses. Which one? Why the four roses single barrel? Yeah, I've got that somewhere. Okay. That's probably a pretty good lineup, yeah? Yeah. All right, so now you I'm gonna you're gonna help me 
you are going to help me look, okay? Are you down for helping me look a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I am going to pull that up. We're doing something I have never done before. I am I am remote. All right, so first, let's get the Blantons. All right, so that's a Blantons. The Blantons pick. Okay. No, I'm good there. Got that one. Got that one out of the way. I feel like I feel like Bernheim is up here somewhere. Never mind. Time with Metallica. Nice. Yeah, we did a whole uh, thing with uh, Black and Whiskey. We had a whiskey dinner tasting here that we did with them. Oh, nice. Really well. Yeah, they're they're great. By the way, that right there, I'm pretty sure has botulism in it. This uh, it's got cure for cancer. Yeah, it could it could be, or it could just be guaranteed death. <laughs> Fix that. Yeah, have Sazerac What'd you say? Uh, Sazerac. You, got, uh, you want to switch to Sazerac rye? Whatever, whatever you think. I have, I have. I believe we have all the colors. I just found a Stag Mixed Junior. Dirt. You have a Stag Junior? Yeah, I got that right here. Let's just, we may be swapping out. Ooh, I just got a little bit left of that one. So I'll be killing You got the, about the same, same amount that I have. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> kill, we'll kill that together. All right. I am convinced. I have got to find this Bernheim bottle. It's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> there. I have some single barrel Garrison, too. Oh, nice. I definitely don't have that. Well, maybe I do. I don't know. Well, I just dropped something. With Angel's Envy Rye. I mean, we have, I think, our bottle count right now for whiskey is about 250. That's not bad. Yeah. Well, you, you get to almost to like the Cheesecake Factory effect where you have too yeah. many off and people just feel like they're going to make a mistake. And, you know, it's our job to kind of coach them through the tastings or, you know, through their pairings. And we're still the king of the old fashions. I'll put my old fashioned up against anybody. Um, so we like to split and blend and uh, put new recipes together for that. You know what? I'm uh, I'm about to call in the, throw in the towel here on this. Uh, where the hell? I wonder if I gave that away to somebody. I might have given it away. I told you this would be an experiment. Everybody, yeah. I, said, I said I would do a barrel, uh, a private, I said I'd do Elijah Craig, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, so this is a private barrel of Elijah Craig. Yeah. Uh, ooh, what's this? Oh, God, that shit's horrible. Put that over here. Uh, nope, just dropped another thing. 
Alright. It might be in the other room. Or it might be over there. Whole another you wall, huh? I think it might be right here. Is that it? No, it's Gentleman Jack. Did you just say fuck it and do crack oil? <laughs> What'd you say? I, I saw a crown royal bottle. <laughs> yeah, you do that? Uh, you know what? I don't know if I have that. What's that? Uh, not if I just have regular crown. If I go to the other room, it's going to be really embarrassing because it's really dirty over there. You think it's bad in here. Uh, but I do have four rows of single barrel. So Okay. Do we, are we doing the regular standard single barrel or a special one? No, just a regular standard, standard right. single barrel. Warehouse T barrel 58-5A. Alright, so I've got, got the Blanton's. Okay. I've got the Elijah Craig. Uh, this is a barrel, private barrel. Okay. Yeah, I got the four roses, and then a uh, stag junior. Got it. And that is four. Let's get one more. Um, let's see. I'll call one out to you this time. See if you have it. Okay. You have makers. You have makers forty six. Or will it pot still? Yeah. All right. We'll do will it pot still. Got that. Yeah. The forty six. I might have it in the in, in the inventory room, but. Boy, this is. Uh, I just we just both picked a bunch of random shit at our bar, and now we're gonna taste them, and talk about them. That, my friends, is whiskey. What's what you do in whiskey? Yeah. Well, there's just so many options and everything, too. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I like the Cheesecake Factory, you know, because my mother-in-law goes there, and my, uh, my my son loves it, and they always get the same damn thing. I'm like, what's yeah. the point of coming here if you're not going to get the 70, you know, the 700th menu item, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that that's the problem is that there's so many options. There's, like, the, the fan favorites are, like, the uh, what orange chicken – and uh, what else they have? Meatloaf's, the avocado egg rolls. Like mm -hmm. those are you see like on everybody's table. They probably only sell maybe five items. <laughs> yeah. So if you are a manager of a uh, cheesecake factory, put in the comment section what the hell it is that you guys sell. So I have my own box of Glen Cairns. I knew we were going to get dangerous here, so I brought a whole box. Okay. Let's let's start with the uh, the pot still. All right. Pot still. Of course, it's in this beautiful, perfumey pot still looking bottle. Oh, you shit me. The freaking cork just broke off in it. Oh, my, <laughs> my cork is slimy. Whoa. Do we have another one in the back of this? Yeah, feels, um, my, my cork feels like it might have been used for something else. <laughs> As long as it doesn't smell like it's been used for something else, it's okay. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But it's uh, slimy. 
he's gonna go check another one for me, but I should be able to save this cork. You're gonna try and save a cork. Okay, so well, while we wait on that, then let's go to the four rows of single barrel. I got it. You good? Yeah. We're good to go. The cork is saved! Mark doing his brilliance there behind the bar. Hallelujah. I do my dandiest. I'm your huckleberry. So I'm swirling this. I do this for a living, Mark. I'm swirling uh, this, and the whiskey just went in my nose. Like, it just jumped up and went in my nose. Just bit you? Yeah. And it, that's a thing, right? like especially when we're doing tastings with people here. That's the first thing why they just want to stick their whole nose in it, and act like it's wine. But I mean, this is, you know, ten times the, the proof of that. So yeah, you don't have to get in there real close. You, you can just just be there on the side. No, I'm swirling over here, and a little droplet from about oh, half a foot away just goes beelines into my <laughs> nose. It's probably like talking shit on our cork, motherfucker. We're gonna fuck you up, <laughs> right? My release is probably, this is probably from 2018 or 19, but um, kind of cornbready for me on the nose, like coming out of the oven cornbread. Yeah, I get that. I get like that brioche kind of toast crust. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so so bready, sweet kind of thing, you know, for me. Yeah. On the palate, I, I always get peanut butter from Willet, like um, like a peanut butter. Like Abba Zabba. Butter. You remember those candies, Abba Zabba? Yeah. Where you had to sit on them to warm them up so that you could open it up and eat it, or you pull your tooth out in that first bite. I mean, that's uh, nothing says quality like um, you know, needing a replacement for your teeth. <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of pairing bourbon with steak. You know, um, I, I actually don't. I actually don't think bourbon is the is the most um, it is the most conducive for pairings. Like, I mean, you have to pick the right one. But to me, steak is is like one of the best pairings. Like, I like a big, uh, a thick, juicy steak with uh, with with a cast drink bookers or something like that. Or uh, yeah, you you need that that high ABV and all that flavor to kind of cut through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like, like, you know, like wine. Wine's like the only thing I really drink with my steaks because I find it so hard, like you said, I find it really hard to pair mm -hmm. from, from my palate um, with the bourbon. Uh, so no, normally it's wine, but, you know, for me, <clears throat> I like the cast strain. Like I have a cast strain um, from uh, Garrison Brothers. It's 120 six mm. proof yeah or 132.4 proof and that to me with the steak is phenomenal yeah garrison brothers has been crushing it lately um yeah i mean they've their whiskey has been has been doing really really well so right so. before the pandemic hit pandemic hit i got three barrels from them all different abvs and different parts of their rickhouse that they have shelves and then so we have a flight here where we have all three yeah that's so awesome difference of the same juice and that's what's that's what's so fun about it you know is that it all it's different for everybody first and then it's also different from barrel to barrel as well yeah it also they have rattlesnakes in their warehouses so i have this fascination 
with like their rattlesnakes. And I'm just imagining like a rattlesnake getting lost in a barrel and like one day, they're, <laughs> one, day one day they're going to have like rattlesnake whiskey, you know? Well, they do it for tequila, right? Sake, yeah. So yeah. They do, they well. do it for tequila, Vietnamese whiskey. Yeah. Bring it on Texas whiskey. Yeah. Like with me, I get like vintage, 1994 Louisville Slugger baseball glove. Like I've been chewing on it on mm. the on the little lace part. It, on that, the Willet or on the Garrison? Uh, on the Willet right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Man, I appreciate you saying that about the leather because every time I say leather, I'm referring. To, I usually refer to a baseball glove, mm. and and everybody goes to like the the ball, you know, the gag ball mouth and. You know, shit. like a leather whip like man i'm like man you are a perverted motherfucker if you're going straight to like the bedroom like baseball they glove teach, teach their own right they're yeah. just they're in a very odd weird way you know i mean people drink whiskey and they just want to go straight there i guess who knows yeah i mean this is uh this th- this is a, a standard pour for a lot of people and it's right there it's right there in that uh, conversation for uh, tasty available bourbon drams so, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. it's 94 proof, right? I believe it. Yeah, 94 proof. So it can bite back. And those are the ones, like, you got to get that. That I like the higher proof because it feels like it, it, it's just pulling more from the barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really mixes well with whatever there. I got a cork floating in this, too, as well. Drink it. Look, you got cork floating. Mine's got slime on it. Let's just agree that we're not tasting the cork. You know, let's yeah. just... Let's recork ours, you know. <laughs> this thing is really slimy. It's actually, uh, I've never seen this before. The cap may have been off, you know, yeah. for a little bit, and it starts getting viscous. That's the other thing, too. It's, it, yeah. You know, if you let it sit out, um, and it does change over time. You have the ethanol yeah. evaporating off. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it starts to get sweeter and tastier to me. Um, my palate is more on the sweet side of things. And it is kind of on the saltier. Brand. So one time I left, uh, I left a case of whiskey outside, and the cork, the cork was just like that, just a little bit of a gap. And uh, when I, and when I went to get the whiskey, there were there were dead flies, all in it. And I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? Those things had like, you know, risked their entire lives and died to go down there. And get a little drink of whiskey. So you got, Mag- you got MacGyver flies. Yeah, they uh, they died happy, I suppose. So let's I mean, let's for- go to let's go to the Four Roses yeah. single barrel now. We're going up a little bit here in uh, in proof. This is a hundred proof. This cork is not uh, not slimy. To me, this like even though this if this is a hundred proof, you can smell it right off the bat that it's that it's a little more intense than this for sure. And then will it? So four roses. These single barrels have like a staple note for me, and it's uh, just always like a quintessential cinnamon bomb on the nose. Yeah, I, I get more of spices and a, and a floral hit. Than I do any type of tobacco, coffee, butterscotch. Mm. 
and it's quite tasty. I like how it changes. Like, it smells different than it tastes. And those are the fun ones, you know, where you get, you still get the cinnamon, you get that, but all together you get so much more of the complexity of it. And now, what do you uh, what do you charge for a four rows of single barrel on the menu? Uh, I'd have to. It's a good question. I have to check. Let's go. But it's not. We still try to stay super competitive. I mean, we're in we're in Downey, uh, California, which is right mm -hmm. outside L.A. Uh, so we're about nine miles from downtown L.A. So on a good day, we're ten minutes away. On a bad day, we're two and a half hours out. <laughs> But um, we're right on the verge of L.A. County line and Orange County line. So I say we're right in the, the armpit area of nobody wants to claim us. <laughs> yeah. So who taxes to, you, though? We, we, we like, have to go in and, and price point ourselves Yeah. rather aggressively. But I want to say it's for a quick service and search. Four rows of single barrel right now is twelve bucks. I can appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's about right. So we mean, have those little like the taxes the you have to pay. The taxes you have to pay in California is pretty steep. Yeah, I mean they they stick it to you. you know. <laughs> All right, so yeah. we agree that this is a uh, an ever changing pour. Some um, some really rich, uh, you know, baking spice notes for us. What would you What would you pair with the four rows of single barrel? Um, you know, I I would like a bacon cheeseburger with this. We have one called the Manimal. Um, so we do it with uh, <laughs> it's a double wood smoke, applewood smoke, and then we have all. Uh, some cayenne and maple syrup on it like that with this i think because the higher abv i'd be able to cut through the saviorness you know the fattiness of that mm. that we would have here a bacon or, cheeseburger or sounds good too mm. yeah or our one of our filet mignon cut I, I think this would go well with that too as well See, I, I'm I'm imagining myself having um, a dark chocolate with this. Mm. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to when it comes to meat, I was definitely going down like the uh, a fillet. Like I, yeah, I can see this, a fillet. this will work because I mean it's still higher ABV. There's not a ton of like fattiness that you have to cut down from the fillet. So for me, that would go good. But yeah, dark chocolate with this. We have uh, we started creating the chocolate. But now it's a thing, right? So we had to do the Choco Taco. Mm -hmm. um, this would go really good with that. So we make our own, you know, waffle waffle cone, ice cream, and then we have our chocolate on top that we do. So this would go really well with that too. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's now go to Blanton's. Right, probably, probably one of the most overrated whiskeys on the planet. <laughs> the hype, man. The hype is real. The hype you know, it is, it, is when real. they create that secondary market fi fiasco. Um, 
and things get so heavily allocated that it starts what, messing what's up it, everything. What's it like dealing with distributors in California? How do you how do you go about getting a bottle of Blanton's? Um, yeah, you have to have the reputation built with the supplier first off. But so the yeah, supplier it, has an impact on whether or not you can get it versus the distributor. Uh, yeah, I mean the the, the 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 supplier work with the distributor to be able to say, hey, they've done enough products on this uh, to be able to get Blanton. So you know whether it's now. Whether you're buying, you know, their low end, you know, low low brow whiskeys, to uh, that'll get you the the your foot in the door to be able to grab these. The allocated portions, we don't understand it. And California only gets so many, just like these other uh, other states too as well. Um, you only get so many, so you're competing with, you know, with all the other bars and uh, especially in high traffic areas. So let's say San Diego. Um, we're in LA County, so we have to. We do have to compete with, uh, you know, downtown LA, um, Silver Lake area, all those Beverly Hills, all those locations that are out there that do have whiskey programs too, um, with different, you know, clientele that are constantly buying this stuff. Like we have to sell it. They it, it, in those areas, it kind of sells itself. Mm -hmm. So it, it, you definitely have to build it up with buying other things. You know, so like. Um, what do I have it here? Yeah, like you got to buy a lot of these and figure out how to sell this. <laughs> He's holding <laughs> up a bottle of Fireball saying that you have to sell a lot of Fireball to get a bottle of Blanton's. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to do the work and you have to figure out how to be creative in a way to when we first opened up. I didn't even have I was even going back and forth. of, OK, do I even want Jack on the back bar or not? It was going to be just weird, like. Not weird. Well, back then it was weird, but you know, like having you know Willet on the black bar and just being. I wanted to to talk to the guests and, and go through a journey with them, and not them be oh I'll just take Jack or I'll just take this or I'll just take you know Jim Beam. You know, um, we wanted them to try something different, something new, because that was we opened up in 20, 2014. Mm -hmm. So you know, and that was one of the things of being in the area too. We came. This area that we're in at that time was more of a bucket of beers, uh, like demographic, and that—that's just what we were just used to in the city. Right. I grew up in the city, and that's just what it was. You know, uh, nothing wrong with it. I like dive bars too. You know, it's just different. But I wanted to have a conversation with the guests about new things and bring them newer tastes, so that we could, you know, down the line have more fun things and more fun options for them. Because nobody had nobody in 2014, nobody in this this area, nobody had an old fashioned before. Okay, and that was that was our way. Like so, when I make an old fashioned, um, we use when we first opened up, we did the yellow label, Four Roses yellow label, with Sazer, with uh, uh, Rittenhouse 100. So I, in in a lot of my old fashions, I'll I'll take a bourbon and a rye and put them together. Oh. Actually, that sounds great. Yeah, so I, I like layering the flavors and taking both from them. Um, and then we also put, like on ours, it's a grapefruit and uh, and an orange. Um, so it kind of changes up the, the, the mouthfeel. Um, and a lot of other 
you know, a, a lot of other old fashions that we have, we play around with, with, with the little subtleties. It's like the smallest change that we can make to give you the overall largest experience of flavor. So we want to do these really small, minute changes, whether it's, hey, we're going to do, you know, an ounce and a half of, of this bourbon, and then we'll do half ounce of rye, uh, or we'll bring, uh, you know, American whiskey, like a Mitchker's in or something, and throw that in and kind of kiss it just to give it a different flavor. So you have the green label Blantons. I have a barrel pick of Blantons. Uh, I believe this was for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, I peeled the label off for some reason. But, uh, yeah, I have regular Blantons too. Oh, you're drinking regular Blantons. Okay, I thought you had the green label one. You switched it up on me. Yeah, I have those. I have the black one too. Have you tried that with the 80 proof? The 80 proof Blantons? Yeah. I haven't I had have that. I haven't had that or seen that in forever. Yeah, so there's the black right here, single barrel bourbon, 80 proof. Put on the camera here. Yeah. So this is like a this is like a secondary type market. Um, it's from Japan. So like those those things, it it's easy to drink. I know how you say that it's overrated, but that that one is I think a great entry level. For somebody to get into something that's different for them, um, opposed to kind of the the lower lower end whiskeys. And most importantly, they get to collect the horsies. Yes, yeah, like that's a that's a weird thing. It's a but thing. It's a thing. <laughs> All right, so uh, what I'm tasting here is actually really good. I'm I'm really enjoying this Blantons. This is um, this is a barrel pick. That was uh, from 2018. I've had it in my office for four years, and I haven't drank it. So I think that's, oh, that, I, that that tells you where <laughs> where you're at, where I stand with plantains. I've had this in here for four years, and uh, and I haven't drank it all. So yeah, this is uh, Rick House 30, 90 proof, barrel number 157. We have a dump date on here at five six of twenty twenty two. All right, so yours is a little newer. I am um, Warehouse H, Rick Two, from Barrel Four Thirteen, which yeah. You know, I'm not mad at it. You know, but. I'm a little biased just because of the pretentiousness of, I would say, because we all have those one customers that have that one experience with somebody who gave them a little tidbit of knowledge mm -hmm. and then want to overly say how this is the best ever that they've had. Mm -hmm. They haven't tried a whole bunch of different things. Right. And that, that's our biggest thing over here is like, I'm not, me sitting behind the bar, I'm not better or, have, or smarter or anything than you are on the other side. It's just I've had more experiences with some things. So right. when they start spouting off like trying to trying to teach us something, <laughs> when it's when it's like, okay, well, what other things have you tried? Oh well that, that this is kind of this is my best bottle in my bar. Okay, well then you're kind of biased to that. You know? I like I like how you phrase that. Um, 
I, I, I have had uh, so many amazing conversations with people over the years, and it's that when someone brings you into their home bar or invites you into that conversation, it almost, it almost is like a they're opening the door to a special part of their life because bourbon has become like this. It's become their getaway from life. It's almost like sports, like baseball is for you. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, it's, it's that kind of special to people. And, um, unfortunately, a lot of people will go to the extreme. And in my book, um, in my book, Bourbon Curious, um, I refer to them as, uh, Johnny know it all or something like yeah. that. And, and like it, and there's a, there's a certain portion of the population that always feels like that. They have to tell you something, uh, that yeah. they think they're to show they're smarter than you. Yeah. So we have, I, when I talk to guests, there's no right or wrong way to drink. There's only your way. Like you, wanna, right. you pick a blue label or I don't happy and pour a Coke in it. Whatever, dude. Like, it's you do you. It's fine. Um, Maybe, does it wait? Does the check clear? Is the, is the credit card working? Yeah, that, if so, that, we're good. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, now there's this whole new. Uh, I'll probably get a lot of shit for this right now too. But there's a new scam that's out for restaurants that I that actually happened to us um, in that check clearing thing because I just had to talk to staff about it. Oh, so now wow. they have. You ever see those? contactless payments with QR codes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that receipt that comes out, mm -hmm. what, what people are doing now is there's whole Instagram groups that are going, hey, we have 50% off of your meal, send us your QR code and we'll pay it for you. So you're at the sitting at the table, you're part of this group, you send them the, you send them the QR code, you send them 50% of the bill, they pay the bill while you're sitting in the restaurant, it's an online payment transaction now. You go and leave. You paid this the thief. We later get a chargeback within the next, like, say, week and a half to three weeks after that, saying from the person that there was a stolen credit card from, saying that I wasn't there. And now it becomes a restaurant problem. Wow. And that that's, like, really starting to ramp up now. So we've had to take the QR code thing off. So, uh, because it's been that big of a problem and you, wow. when they start, I mean, it's one thing to do it to the corporate ones when they have like big investment dollars behind them and everything, but to start doing it to the mom and pop things like we are, I'm a, I'm a small business, you know, I'm a, a one single restaurant person and, uh, I don't have the luxury of being able to cash out or charge back the five to 10 grand that's starting to kind of hit now. I, I saw yeah, you're getting five to ten thousand dollars of chargebacks on that a month. Oh, well, we had in the last three weeks, it's it's about seven thousand dollars in chargebacks. Holy shit! I saw this in the first week because we never have chargebacks at all, ever. It's very rare and it, it does happen, or we'll get somebody that runs out on their bill, you know. Um, but the issue that we're having now is all these chargebacks coming in. And I, I mean, I think it's genius what they're doing. You know, I kind of, I have a little bit of like a, like a, Hey, yeah, you got us. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crime. You know, it's like, yeah. a, I mean, the, you know, once they, once the credit card companies went to the chip, um, it, it became very difficult for, uh, 
you know, scammers with to to get credit cards. The the pandemic was really kind of a um it was a godsend to fraud to fraud people, you know, because there's all this fraud on the PPP loans, there's all this fraud. There's it's everywhere. You know, it, you know, anytime you have that kind of uh philanthropic heart of of a country, there's going to be people who take advantage. And and uh yeah, man. I'm sorry you're going yeah. through that. Yeah, so it's just you know it's a shitty thing, and uh, you know on the top end too, you know we have to pay also two for you know credit card transactions as well. So I have to pay the chargeback fee of it all going all the way back, and then also lose the card swipe money that was out on too that they charge mm-hmm. their interchange and their rates above. Um, so it, it 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 there are super small margins in in this kind of business. You really gotta like what you like what you do, man. <laughs> Well, let's go to let's go to the uh, stag junior, and it looks All like right. we're, both, we're both going to kill the bottle. Yeah, let me grab oh. another. What we, have you ever had? I know we're talking on bourbon, but one of my favorite uh, drinks or like nightcap that I have has you have you ever had? Uh, the yellow chartreuse VEP. Oh hell yeah, dude! I'm yeah. a huge chartreuse fan. Are you a chartreuse fan? I am a chartreuse fan. Okay, so we I am killing this bottle. Uh, you got to go to go to Detroit. Uh-huh. There's a there's a bar in Detroit called Chartreuse. I don't know if it's still open. I was there pre-pandemic. They had pre-prohibition chartreuse. And wow. I I was there. I think I racked up like an eight hundred to twelve hundred dollar bar bill just just <laughs> drinking the chartreuse. And the, and they had like all this stuff. And like we've never had anybody come in and like um and like buy all this because it it kind of you know it, when you own a restaurant you you fall the way of what your clientele wants. And th- there wasn't chartreuse fans in Detroit. They just, someone with a passion there, and then they started doing margaritas and other kind of restaurant stuff. But they had all these chartreuses, and I'm like, ah. Right. And, uh, you know, chartreuse to me is like, I can drink, I can drink a whole bottle of it. Not that I do, but I can drink a whole bottle of it. The next day, I wake up feeling amazing. Yeah, yeah. My, that, if I overeat at all, I'd have like a half shot of that. And uh, you fit, you, you, it kind of gets the gastric juices pumping and everything, and then mm-hmm. it's tasty, to you, you know. But yeah, no, very few people know of the actual BEP bottles, which are they're way more expensive. They come in these really pretty kind of uh, dark wine bottles. Yeah, they have the green BEP one and the yellow BEP. Those are the, that's my favorite. Like if I had to pick anything to have just for every day, you know, one shot for the rest of my life, it would be that for sure. How would how would you like to know the recipe, right? Would, yeah, would you like okay. to know what the recipe is because they keep that all that shit a secret? Super hmm. secret. They, I think there's three people in the world, three monks that know how to make it. They can't fly or be in the same car at the same time so that they don't all like lose the recipe. It's very, it's a great story. I mean, that's what bourbon and everything is about too, as well. For um, is is all part of the story and the marketing portion part yeah. of it. So they definitely have that down, you know. The stag so what, what's your what's your proof on your stag junior? Because they, they I have one thirty one point one. Okay, so mine is one twenty six point six proof, uh, and I 
think I think this is batch twelve. They used to. I'd have. To, I'll actually have to look this up, and I don't know what yours is. Um, but they used to. They used to not tell you what what batch it was, but now you have to go back and like look through like based on the uh, proof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking on here. I don't see a. I don't see a batcher at all. Yeah, they they don't put the. You just have to like look for based on like proof. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, sixty five point five five percent alcohol. You know, 131.1. But it smells lovely. It smells like a nutmeg and caramel bomb so far on the nose. Super good. Get that nice uh, Werther's original. Oh, wow. Oh, man, that's good. The nice thing about this, too, is like you can sip on this. I, I call these like campfire bits. You know, where yeah, yeah. late at night. You know, and you just want to kind of just chill out. You don't have to pour a lot because it's high, higher in ABV. You know, sitting with your your friends or your wife and just sipping on this, and it has so much flavor. You can sip and then sit there mm-hmm. for five, ten minutes without having to take another sip, and still continue to continue to taste. Mm. It's really good, but it does kick. Like this one at, at you know one thirty one, it was pretty pretty hot when I first tasted it, especially with all the lower ones that we were trying. I am, I am finding like a brown sugar, butter, nutmeg, caramel. You mentioned Werther's original. I get that. And then, and then like an explosion of black pepper, like the kind of black pepper you would crush into, uh, into a steak. Yeah, like you bit into an actual peppercorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a whole peppercorn cracked in half in, in a bite. That's what it, it's exactly the flavor. Yeah, and you get that, like, I get, for some reason, I'm getting that that pepper taste on the front, which is typically usually, like, sweet, but on the tip of my tongue, I'm getting, oh, wow. I'm getting it right in the front, which is odd. Maybe it's a I peppercorn in a balsamic uh, gravy or some sort. There you, you know? go, yeah. Balsamic reduction, you know, like a caprese, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I always like the close the mouth, breathe hard out through your nose mm-hmm. tasting that you get too. It warms back up. But yeah, I get the nougat. Brown, you know, brown sugar for sure. It has that kind of, I'm starting to get like cloviness to it though too. Like it had like a, almost like an Angus or a bitter. Basically, what we're coming down with is like we got a lot going on up in here. Yeah. Now, when you do, you, do you chew when you taste too as well? Or is that that not so? Something? I like you know you, we we you talked about this earlier. I'm a big proponent of finding your method of what works with you. Um, I just kind of like letting it get around my tongue. But I remember when I. You know, I love Fred No. I love all of those, um, you know, the the lineage of, of, of Jim Beam. And I remember when, you know, this was 10, 15 years ago when he taught me the Kentucky Chew method. I was going around, you know, attempting it, doing it in, in bars, like going. And then I would, just start, I would just start noticing people were staring at me funny. And I was like, what? I'm doing the Kentucky Chew. <laughs> But while even while they were even before I noticed that, I realized uh, like 
it wasn't doing anything for me. It was just like, if anything, I felt like I was losing the viscosity of it by doing the chew. But I also have a hundred percent overbite, so like the way my jaw sets is very different than than other people. So I I like to I like to kind of like let it let the whiskey take its course over my tongue, see how it feels on every portion of the tongue. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of let it do its thing. And a lot of times, like, you know, the vapors will still kind of like pop up and hit the roof of the palate and like the mouthfeel, like the whiskey will kind of drip on underneath the tongue too, you know, so it'll still, it'll still move around, but kind of forcing it around like is done with the Kentucky chew is a method that is, does not work for me. I know it works for a lot of people. Like, I like I had Ashley McBride on the show, a real popular uh country singer and she awesome. was a huge proponent of the kentucky chew just just doesn't work for me yeah i i kind of i go back and forth on it trying to figure out i do it with different things um sometimes it helps sometimes it doesn't you know mm. it's just it's it, it's a journey like what they say right like some things work for other things and you can't always just be a you know a one-trick pony though too you know yeah and and i i so much appreciate your the way you talk to people, Mark, because I, I tell people all the time, like, listen to me, but you know, if, if, if I help you find something you like, that's awesome. But don't take my word as like stone, you know, use it as a guide to help you. Uh, my methods are mine, you know, follow others and, and everything like people tasting is such a unique experience to an individual. Like what I taste, there's no way that you can taste the exact same thing. We could be in the same wheelhouse, you know, we can be in that same kind of area, but it, it's it's not accurate to say like I'm tasting uh, peanut butter and marzipan, so you should taste that. You know, that's just not it's just not fair because it's not how the human body works. Yeah, and then a lot of people don't even really probably even know what marzipan is. You know, that's so it's a, track that is those true. things and those it's those experiences that dictate. And I think that's what ends up happening too when you're talking with guests and. And, you know, trying to make them feel comfortable is I try to break these down into the, you know, the word there's originals the like, Hey, you ever sit in the outfield chewing on your baseball glove? Like I get yeah. that. Like, mm-hmm. Or you get like a, you ever take a bandaid off of your mouth? That's what I get. You know, um, you must be referring pop. to Lafroy there uh, for some folks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and that, you know what, that was one of my, and I taste very different too. So like, this is a new way or this is a standard way of tasting for everybody. This is kind of the foundation of how to taste, you know, the smell, open your mouth a little bit, go east natural, east natural tastes different, smells different. Um, then you taste swallow. I like to take a, I'll take a small little sip, swirl it around, swallow, wait, and then I'll take the uh, half ounce shot. of it. And that's how, and I taste like how I said earlier, when I close my mouth and breathe out through my nose, um, I'll taste more that way, and I want to taste the lingering back end portion part of it. So that for me, that feels what it's like. It, it's the true flavor of the whiskey developing instead of the first initial bite of it. Because I've had things where it's like, oh, that's good, and then at the end, and then halfway through the meal, I'm like, I don't know if I like, really like this or not. You know? hmm. um, so I'm looking for that back end portion, and that's where I kind of tend to live and how I buy and what I do when I'm on my own. Okay. I love it. I, I will say though, like hitting, getting a shot in after a taste, 
that would put me on the ground pretty quick after the amount of uh, whiskey I taste on a, like today, today we've had five prior to this. I tasted eight. So, uh, like if I did that on all of them, (laughs) it it adds up. And that's another part that, you know, is, is being in this and and then having to be in front of people too, is always kind of like the little taste smell and pass on. At the end of the day, you could have almost, you know, three, four ounces if we're tasting regularly all the time too as well. And, and like in competition, where I'm judging for a competition, um, you know, we we spit, and if you don't spit, you'll, you know, I've seen judges who wouldn't spit. I mean, they're out by like round three. You know, they're like passed out, right. like they can't go anymore. So, yeah, that's like typically. I mean, I went, I went about two years without drinking as we were opening the bar and still buying and doing everything. Um, where I would taste and I would spit, and I did a whole big. Like we would take a sip of beer and we had a whole beer podcast thing back in 20, say 2017, mm-hmm. where I take a sip of beer and I would spit it out, like just mm-hmm. skyrocket it out to the side. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it's, you definitely need to do it in moderation for sure, or it's going to catch up to you. For shizzle. So <laughs> overall, we've got this, uh, stag junior, uh, I think it might be the favorite thing, my most favorite thing that I've tasted here so far on this flight so on this yeah it, it, it it's talking back way more than any any other mm-hmm. you know the complexity in this the levels of it the lingering portion of it you know yeah. I, I, out of those i would say that would be my favorite it's it's quite delicious but we are now going to go one i think it's going to go head to head uh i think it's probably going to win at me over you've got the elijah craig 18 year i've got an elijah craig single barrel this is an 11 year old barrel pick um, from uh, from the hook and hoof. We are so I have the eighteen bottled uh eight twenty twenty one barrel five five nine eight eighteen year. So we're both looking at some Heaven Hill whiskey, uh, single barrel. Yours is eighteen, mine is eleven. Uh, mine is one hundred and thirty two proof. So it's uh, neck and neck on proof. And yours is? 45%. That's right. They come in. They water that down. Yeah. Or 98 proof. Okay. So, all right. So if I'm doing a comparison, which I, I shouldn't do, but I'm going to. The Stag Jr. is winning me over on the, on the, on the smell. I get like apples off of this now. Ooh, that's. I like an apple apple nose on a whiskey. I'm not getting that on mine. Of course, these are very different, uh, seven years apart. I'm getting I'm getting a lot of wood here, like oak, not in a good way. Like I, I've had this before, and I don't recall getting the oak there. So maybe maybe it's just my nose is a shot, and I just need to taste it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the joy of, of tasting and running through these things. Like you could like something now, and not like it later. Everything is, we've just been seasoning our mouth too as well. That's so, right. It's like having a suicide, you ever had the suicide when you were little, when you go up and just press every single, you know, uh, soda fountain machine? Oh, you guys you called it a old. suicide? Yeah. Is, is that what you called that? I don't remember what we yeah. called that, but yeah, I, I did that. And that was, um, I don't know, I just, it was never my thing, but like when, like, 
when we would go and hang out after a baseball game, you know, at a pizza place where you could do that, it, someone would always do that. And I was just like, nah, I'm just going to get Pepsi or a Coke or whatever, right. <laughs> you know. Actually, no, even at that age, I was carrying a flask of wild turkey with me, and I was just, you know. Right, brush your teeth with Jim Beam? I was brushing my teeth with Jim Beam, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, at, at the lower ABV, it's way more, it's way more subtle than Stag Jr., for sure. And I feel like this is... On the palate wise, it's more viscous than the stack. So I feel kind of syrupy. Yeah, that eighteen year that eighteen year can be very special. It can also be over oaked and not pronounced. But it sounds like you got one that's really crushing it. Um, mine is mine is a bit astringent. That oak note is there. I tasted this before and rather liked it, but uh, uh, t- today is not that day. Yeah, I um, yeah this this barrel pick here from Elijah Craig might be my least favorite on the on the table today. Yeah, on this one I'm tasting. I, I get more of the char than the oak on this. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of it, it's a it, it feels like it's a super heavy char. Yeah, that might actually go with the good with the, with the tomahawk. Then you know, if it's got the char on char, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'd still like the stack junior compared to this one. It seems warmer than it, like hotter than it is at that you know ninety proof. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that first smell that I was getting off it was like red crisp apple for sure. And then as I kept smelling it, it started getting more on the, like the sour, green sour apple. Like, uh, uh, what are the green licorice, the sour licorice ropes? That's what I was getting that smell. So I think my favorite whiskey uh, for this tasting is between the Blantons and the Stag Junior. I'm going to go back in. The Blantons is a barrel pick. Uh, it was for Make-A-Wish Foundation. So it's not going to be what was standard in your store. Yeah, the Stag Jr. is just killing it for me. Yeah, even though we polished it off, yeah, the Stag, Stag Jr. for me was was more of the... It, I, I like it too because it reminded me more of being able to sit down, like I said, in a campfire one, yeah. where I just immediately transported it to that situation and that experience with being around, you know, loved ones and laughing and, and doing those things late at night when the kids go to sleep type thing. And, uh, yeah, that, that for me brought like a, a beautiful experience to me. Um, so it does kind of try bias me a little bit. Um, well, and we, I like, I like, the- I, I, I will say too, like company, company always has like, this has been an amazing conversation. I've enjoyed it, but like company can like bring you into those moments like I can't wait. Like it's so it, it's just cooling off now. But I can't wait to have my fire pit going, and uh, and pour a dram out there, and you know, and 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 talk the night away. I, I can't wait for that. It's gonna be great. And you're right. Yeah, that I, is a good campfire sipping whiskey. 
yeah, I did definitely have to restock up on for that. I think I have that still in the inventory room, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe I, that I, just goes back to the house then, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for me, I would say that one, was, that one by far kind of superseded everything that we had there. The Blanton's was good. It's just this typical Blanton's, you know, self. Uh, mm -hmm. Tasting with all these different levels of different ABVs, though, it it kind of fell apart. But if I'm just drinking anything just by itself, why it's still okay for me. Um, yeah. 18 smelled great. It had everything that I wanted it to be, and then it kind of fell short on it. And I think that's maybe because we tried Stag Junior before it, and it wasn't as hot, so it couldn't talk to me. Um, but, yeah, I think I agree with you. Stag Junior by far is is the best of this pairing. So there you have it. While we don't have the exact bottles, the exact same whiskey, um, in um, in our rankings, uh, Stag Junior is both of our champions. There so, you go. There you go. Right. Well, hey man, what are you uh, what are you cooking tonight, or what are you uh, what are you doing tonight? You just doing a normal uh, restaurant night? It's Anything a normal special? restaurant night. I have my kids, so I got to go pick them up from school and make sure that they're taken care of. I'll probably swing by here. We have a couple meetings right now. We're going to be uh, with staff. We're going to go back in the kitchen. There's some things mm -hmm. that we have to try. We had some uh, octopus marinating, so we're going to cook that Ooh. up, uh, see how that goes. Um, then we have football practice, tackle football practice for my son tonight, and, and then head back probably to the restaurant a little bit later. That's exciting. Now, where can uh, where can people find Lock and Key on socials and all that good stuff? So social, we're LKSD Kitchen, so Lock and Key Social Drinkery Kitchen. Um, that's... I think across all platforms, that's on TikTok and on Instagram. TikTok, we're starting up. Um, Instagram's been heavy. Um, and then, yeah, my personal one is at Idea Machine Co. At Idea okay. Machine Co. Well, man, it's been great having you on. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be doing a lot more tastings together. Um, maybe we can do an event together out there in uh, in L.A. County where the taxes <laughs> will be high, but, you know. At least right. they're helping. Like, at least they're helping build roads. For sure. Schools. For sure. But, yeah, uh, I, I aim for that. No, I enjoy the experience. I want to thank, say thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, and yeah, interested in doing you know anything in the future for sure. Right on, man. And uh, go Brewers! I know you're a baseball fan. I have a feeling we'll make it. We'll make the playoffs and uh, a deep run. Yeah, I just like good baseball, man. So as long, as long as it's fun to watch, I'm good to go. Just How do you that. feel about the steroid era? Do you think those guys should be in the Hall of Fame? I do. I do. Yeah. I do, I do too. Because, that, because it's still hard to hit a baseball. It's yeah. still hard to play 162 games. It's still hard to do those things. Now, I believe they, sh they should be. I mean, is it, is it right when, when other people weren't? No. But that's why I, the, the, the odd thing that I found out too is that I believe it's in, the, in basketball for sure is that when you get hurt, you're able to take a certain amount of testosterone, these other items, human growth hormones and those things to be able to heal up for a certain amount of time, real small, whatever, and they allow that. Uh, so there's obviously some knowledge about, hey, this is what you do need to feel better. Um, and they're putting their lives and their livelihood and their brain and everything from all athletes. You know, when you get hit in the head, you jump and fall, you dive for a ball, you fall. They're taking some shots, you know, and, and I'd really like it to be able to have the players have the most benefit in recovery as possible. And I don't know if there's enough science out there to allow it to a certain extent, but you know, I, I think 
it's hard to hit the ball. It's hard to pay attention. It's hard mm-hmm. to go in day in and day out. And, and you know, if we're going to hit the home runs that they hit, but I, I feel that I, I played in, in, you know, the beginning part of college and there were people doing it there. And I never did it. You know, yeah. something that I just never did. Um, it did give somewhat an advantage to them, but you know, it is what it is. You know, you either play, you make the decision, you go from there. Especially in the professional athlete area, mm-hmm. they're so they're already top echelon of human beings, right? So, how much more are they really getting out of it based on you know, uh, based on just their natural performance? Too, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I know that if I started taking uh, you know steroids, that I would not be able to hit Roger Clemens. You know, so I mean, I think there's that that part is true. It's the it, it's the people who who take it and aren't that Roger Clemens level or, or Barry Bonds, and they get a decent contract, uh, but they beat out all these other people in the minor leagues and so forth. That's where I right. think there is a solid argument. But right. what what we have seen is like is is like people uh, have uh, villainized Roger Clemens, and it it seems to me like we have been more reactive to how these players responded to it. Um, you know, like Ryan Braun blaming the FedEx guy, you know, PM, <laughs> you know, blame, blaming that guy. Like, I mean, he's not quite a pariah, but, the, you know, I mean, what a fucking shithead. Uh, Lance Armstrong, you know, going to cycling, uh, right. bla- blaming everybody, you know, uh, but but he got caught. I think, I think it's the lying... Um, I think that's where people go wrong, and and like yeah, well, yeah, and they, Pete Rose they, they, like different story. Like he he gambled, but he's a shit turd. You know he should be in the <laughs> Hall of Fame, but no, there's not a lot of people who can stand up for him because he's a shit turd. You know, and I and I think that doesn't help. And somehow Alex Rodriguez, you know, does it, and he's like the 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 ball of the the ball of the dance bell or the ball. bell of the ball. <laughs> at ESPN, you know? So, right. I mean, whatever. Yeah, no, it, 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 it is very weird how other, other, like others can get away with certain things and, and others can't, you know, I do feel for anybody who did get beat out or those things. And during that era, for sure. Um, but for me, I don't know how much it helps. Like right, they're getting an exit velocity of one Oh two to one. Mm-hmm. You know, 106 now or 120 to 125. I, I don't know how much it can it, it can help, but they got to still be able to create that leverage and everything too as well. So it's it it's definitely a discussion. Um, I'm not opposed to having the asterisks and then having them in the Hall of Fame, um, but it's definitely a discussion to have for sure. Well, I think that's the uh, also a discussion for uh, the next time we're together. <laughs> Because uh, that's a pretty deep and long and lengthy and full of bourbon. Uh, but uh, man, great having you on. I love that you're a baseball fan. I could talk to you all day about uh, some of my favorite players back in time and some of the epic battles I've seen in wow. person. So actually going to a, going to a Reds game Saturday. So taking my boys to see a Reds game. Can't wait. Well, when we travel out there, and we're, I'll hit you up for the beer thing. So we have that. We're trying to hit up all the all the stadiums with my kids. So. Right on, man. I'm actually in Louisville, but I, I'm a Brewers fan. Uh, wow. The 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 uh, the stadium we have out here is minor league Louisville Slugger. Mm-hmm. You'd love it, and of course, Very this cool. is where we make the bat. So right. 
and and the uh, whiskey tasting glove. By God, America. <laughs> well, well, hey, Mark, uh, great having you on. Be safe out there, and uh, have a good uh, have a good night. Sell those tomahawks now that you need any help. We'll do our best, man. Yeah, we're going to take care. Cheers. Big shout out to Mark for coming on the show. Once again, everybody, make sure you're coming to see me at Bourbon and Beyond, Art of Bourbon. I'll also be at Louder Than Life later this month. You can find links to those in the uh, description of the podcast. So come see me. Uh, I also have events at Watch Hill Proper in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, that's where I'm at. It's in my neighborhood. I've got my next dinner there is September 26th. It'd be good to see you there and share a dram. That's going to do it for this week, folks. Be safe out there. Next week's guest, a return of Yellow Wolf. The rapper Yellow Wolf returns next week. Until next time, cheers. Oh, fuck it sucks. Woo! Bye. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's, and by Heaven Hill Brands. For more information about Fred's books, articles, podcasts, and more, just go to fredminnick.com. I am not a tournament All this month, stream the funniest films for free on Pluto TV. Watch comedy classics like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Mean Girls. Or drop in for a Tyler Perry marathon with a Medea family funeral and Medea's witness protection. Pluto TV also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows like Get Shorty, Be Cool, Key and Peel, Comedy and Color, and more. And no contracts, no subscriptions, no fees, no joke. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch.